This presentation is from Managing Design 2016, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Nice, thank you. Um, our next talk is Beth from Studio Thick. They're a service design agency in Melbourne, an award-winning agency based in Melbourne. They took out one of the awards at the New York Service Design uh, Awards last year, the International Service Design Awards, with a very nice piece of work. Um, if you would like to hear about that, because that's not what the talk's about, pretty much, um, talk to her later. But please join me in welcoming to the stage, Beth. I will jump out up here. Thank you very much for that introduction. Uh, so, as noted, my name is Beth. I work at a strategic design agency called Thick. I've got about 20 minutes and 13 slides to share with you a number of ideas about a topic I care a lot about. That topic is collaboration on purpose. So, to me, collaboration and purpose are two really distinct things that work well together. So collaboration is about people working together, pulling their knowledge, skills, expertise um, to achieve a great result. And purpose is, a rat, is about doing that meaningfully towards a particular outcome. So I think of these things kind of as like socks and shoes. You can wear them separately and they're perfectly functional, but when you put them together, you realise that it was designed to be that way. So before I go any further, um, I want to just put this talk and my passion in context a little bit. So we're currently living in unprecedented times. There are more people alive today than ever before, and we're more connected to each other than we've ever been. There's this amazing opportunity to share stories and experience and knowledge and wisdom. As citizens of this world, we're also facing big challenges. Globally, there's things like climate change and wealth inequality and conflict. Even nationally, there's things like being part of a country that has an aging population that's competing in a, glo in a global marketplace and uh, that has a democratic system that's really struggling. I'm quite nervous, so you might have to forgive me for that, but we'll, we'll get through this together. This is actually my first conference presentation. So. <laughs> Thank you. All right. <laughs> so Thick is the place that I work. Um, and we uh, basically do work for impact, which is why the slide before was relevant. So we recently adopted the Sustainable Development Goals, and that's how we choose our work based on projects that are going to make some kind of a difference in the world. Um, we also are a B Corporation, um, and that's kind of a fundamental part of how we work. In terms of me and my role, this is uh, my work on a day-to-day -day kind of basis, and this is probably the most important part of my role, is working with teams of people to resolve complex challenges creatively. So examples of that are things like working with Sustainability Victoria to figure out how to improve resource recovery or working with a network of local health providers in a regional context to figure out how they're going to better um, deliver emergency services, um, or working with the City of Melbourne 
to figure out how they're going to get to zero net emissions by 2020. I also play this role internally. So every fortnight, we have a workshop where we talk about things that we care about, and we have a structured conversation about things like how we enable our clients to succeed, um, how we organize so that we can do our best work. Um, things like moral philosophy and capitalism also come up. So that, those are kind of the experiences that I'm drawing on uh, for this talk about collaboration and purpose. Now, before I go any further, I do feel a bit disconnected from the audience at the moment because I'm a facilitator, so I'm used to a bit more interaction. So I might just ask some questions. So firstly, can I get a show of hands of who is currently awake at the moment? <laughs> and, all right, it looks like we've got everybody. That's good. Um, am I making sense so far? Show of hands. Yep, great. Who would like me to keep talking? All right, cool. Thank you for that vote of confidence. I said that like it was a question, but you really didn't have a choice. Um, so the first thing that I've learned about collaboration is that it's really, really, really simple. And to prove that point, I'm going to ask you to do a little bit of collaboration right now, just a micro, tiny bit of collaboration. So I'm going to ask you to turn to someone nearby and tell them that it's nice to see them, but... I want you to not use the word nice. I want you to come up with a better word than nice because nice is a little bit bland. So I'll give you just a moment to think of a word better than nice and then I'm going to count you in. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> All right, and stop. <laughs> you guys are just, you are amazingly happy to see each other. I did not predict that was going to go for so long. <laughs> All right, fantastic. So thanks for doing that. And I guess my point is that while collaboration is really simple, like we all know how to cooperate with another person and work with them to achieve a clear task, that doesn't mean it's easy. Everybody experiences some internal resistance when it comes to working with other people. And it's that internal resistance that has to be overcome in order for collaboration to achieve amazing things. Um, these are my bosses. Uh, on the right-hand side, we have Adam Morris, who's our creative director. On the left-hand side, we have Damon O'Sullivan, who's our strategic director. The first week I joined Thick, these two guys blew me away. I had a meeting with Damon um, to solve a problem, and not only did he look me in the eye when we were talking, he listened to me, and he took the best of my ideas and the best of his ideas, we combined them, we solved the problem, and we both walked away happy. Later in the week, I went to team lunch, so they shout the team lunch every Friday, uh, and while we're sitting around eating, my glass was empty, and Adam just reached over and and, and topped it up. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, and these sound like really simple things, and they are really simple things, but they send a really powerful signal about how we work together. And they're actually more important than principles or theories are the practical day-to-day -day things that people do to show care and be generous and, um, and kind to each other. Basically, that is the supportive culture that really makes Thick an amazing place to be. Um, I think what it comes down to in the end is that we don't say purposeful collaboration, we do it. 
So one of my fears, and I don't know if that will be true with this audience, is that people think of collaboration as putting a whole bunch of people in a room with post-it notes and Sharpies and butcher's paper and saying, go for it. In my experience, that is just a terrible idea. There is a real need for someone to be deliberate about the way that people collaborate and to lead that collaboration. And that's the role of a co-designer and a facilitator is to provide an environment which is structured so that a team can reach results. And that doesn't matter what kind of problem you're working on. But it's particularly important when you're working on a problem that's abstract because it's so easy for people to just sit around a table and talk about stuff and not get anywhere. And I think that's where the disciplines of design that have come out of coding things and making stuff has a lot of lessons to teach governments um, and organisations that are trying to deal with more abstract problems. Structure is really important. I think one of the reasons that structure is important is because we forget that diversity equals creative possibility. I think it's really easy for people to get hung up on differences. So whether it's differences of personality, differences of background, um, ethnic differences, someone who's in the IT department versus the HR department. If you've ever experienced dysfunction in an organisation, you've seen the problem of difference um, coming to a head and causing issues. There is another way and there's a better way and the best analogy that I can come up with for that better way is an orchestra. In an orchestra, people come together with a different discipline, which is their craft or their instrument that they bring to contribute to the rest of the room. Um, they practice that separately maybe, but when they're together, they work and they build on each other's work. Nobody's um, paying attention to difference. Everybody's focused on the outcome of creating a beautiful symphony. And that is the purposeful work that the team works together to achieve. I think this is what all organisations and all work should look like, is people cooperating in this kind of way to achieve something important because there are so many important things that need to be achieved right now. This is the thick constitution, which was uh, recently uh, passed. It was co-designed by all of the people in our organisation. So we have a team of 30 and they've got backgrounds from art, copy, code, production, um, service design and strategic design. Um, we built this agreement together and everybody has signed it. Um, and it says some really simple things like bring your whole self, uh, value difference, challenge each other. And they are really simple things, but there's something very powerful about having it explicitly stated and agreed to because it means that this is a living part of our culture. Uh, intentional risk-taking. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about the difficulty of knowing whether you're collaborating well or not collaborating well. So I think there are probably two rules of thumb. You're not collaborating well if the end product looks anything like anyone expected it to at the beginning. So it should be something where all of those ideas have been brought together and no one owned it at the start and then it looked like exactly what they wanted to get at the end. That's not an effective collaboration process. I think the sign that there is good collaboration going on is when people are intentionally taking risks. And I don't mean random risks. I mean risks that 
improve something, risks that achieve something. When you see that happening and when you see other people supporting people to take those risks, that is a really powerful thing. Now, I kind of feel like it's one thing to talk about these things. It's another thing to experience them. So, uh, I might just... Could I get a quick check on time? How much time do I have left? Perfect. Okay. So, I want to extend an invitation to the room uh, to support me in taking an intentional risk. I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. All I need is for you to just listen. And if you feel so inclined, you could clap at the end, possibly. So, can I get a show of hands of just anybody who feels like they would feel comfortable with doing that? All right. I think I've got most of the room, but I'll give you a little bit more information. So... The intentional risk that I would like to take with this room is um, to share a slam poem that I've been writing about purpose. Um, because I can talk about collaboration and kind of give you an experience of collaboration, but I can't really talk about purpose without kind of sharing some of my own sense of what that is. So this time I'm just going to ask if, if there's anyone in the room, and it's totally okay, who would be uncomfortable with me taking that risk now. All right. <laughs> so, uh, I haven't memorised it, so I'm going to have to read it out. Um, but here goes. So, the other thing I should say before I start just reading this is that there's a real chance that this isn't great. Um, <laughs> this is... So, you are the first audience that I've shared this with. Um, and I'm trying to... Kind of adopting the mindset of, you know, if it's not great now, it's just... It isn't great yet, and your feedback will help me to improve it. All right, so I wrote this about, uh, yeah, my sense of purpose, basically, in the world. All right. I stand here in front of you with something to, to say. Lend me your open ears, your open eyes, your open mind. Lend me the best of your attention and a little of your time. Lend me an open heart, and I'll share with you a rhyme. With a deep breath in and a deep breath out... I find the centre of myself. Pull an invisible book off an invisible shelf. Crack it open, flip the pages. Find chapter one. Place my finger on the word where this story has begun. But first, I wrote this for me. I wrote this for you. This is what I see, what I know to be true. The word is privilege. If you're white, if you can write, if you've got a dollar to your name, if your day has work, if your shoes have feet, if your house has a street, if your back has a shirt, if your pocket has a wallet, if your wallet has a card, if your nation has democracy, if you can formulate the thought that sometimes life is hard, privilege. If you have legs and arms and hands, if you have showers in the morning and sleep in bed at night, if somebody's loved you, if free speech is your right, if, you have, if your hands have fingers, if your thumbs oppose each other, if you were born last century, if you have a human mother... Privilege, I say, and as I drop it once more, I ask you to pick it up and look at it like an unfamiliar object and examine it as if for the first time. Privilege. Privilege, and as it rests heavy and uncomfortably warm in your palm, I ask you to not indulge your shame, to shelve your grief and set aside your pain, because this is not about you and it's not about me, it's about us. And I don't mean us in this room, in this city, this state, this nation alone. I don't mean us, our species. I mean us, this planet. I mean us, this delicate, this intricate, this fragile, fertile, expansive web 
of life on Earth. Us, the primates, the mammals, marsupials and birds. Us, the reptiles, fish, insects. Us, the penguins and turtles and seals. Us, the snails and the eels. Us, the mushrooms and the trees. Us, the leaves. Us, the flowers. Us, the abandoned mines. Us, the mountains and the gullies. Us, the rivers and the valleys. Us, the blue sky and the deep sea and the ice and the geyser. Us, the soil. Us, the rain. And now you know who us is. Don't forget us again. And now, purpose. We, a subset of the humans, stare up into the night and fear our insignificance beneath a sky pinpricked with light. I have lost my spot. (laughs) We fear our smallness in the shadow of the stars, so we fill a rocket ship up with oil and we send it off to Mars. Meanwhile, a colony of ants, another collective subset of the we, seemingly oblivious, hollow out a fallen tree. They march across its grey expanse, following some vital impulse or another. I don't know why. I don't know why, and as I watch them, yes, I say to myself, yes, I admit, we may have little point. Life may be an absurdity. From the exploits of the astronaut to the decomposing tree, we may have little significance, no purpose grander than another. And while I recognise that, while I understand we may mean nothing much, I also know, I also know we matter to each other. And so the TV hurts, so today's news made me cry. I'm hardened by my privilege, but sometimes I wonder why. Why my neighbour suffers, my neighbour in Somalia, my neighbour in Afghanistan, my neighbour down the street. My neighbour in the Amazon, my neighbour in Tibet, my neighbours in the ocean, my neighbours in the trees, the neighbours that I know of and the neighbours I don't see. I know they matter, at least as much as me, and so purpose. Because we're in this mess together, and I can lend a hand, a heart, a mind. Thank you very much for letting me share that with you. Um, Part of the point I wanted to make with that poem, and I know it was actually kind of long when I read it, is that this can actually be an uncomfortable experience as well. Um, People talking about their purpose, it is very personal and meaning touches something emotional in us which is not always welcomed in professional environments. But my feeling is that um, the challenges that we face and the problems that exist should be bigger and more important than our own worries about taking risks, which is why, even though I'm terribly nervous, I just did that then, so that was good. Thank you, thank you again, genuinely, for uh, letting me do that. Um, so I guess I wanted to just end on a final piece of, I guess, advice. I feel a little bit awkward giving advice, but um, I see people struggle with this every day, and it's something about uh, criticism and seeing something as it is now rather than what it has the potential to be. So I think a matchstick is a good kind of visual metaphor for that. You can look at it and say, like, it's really small and kind of flimsy. Um, It's not really doing anything amazing at the moment, but that matchstick has the power to create a fire that lives on its own. And I think that the more we start to look for things, for the potential that they have rather than what they are at the moment, the more space we give them to grow into something amazing. That is the end of my talk. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Managing Design 2016. 
For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.